0: Welcome to the Pirelli Stadium here in Burton upon Trent. Outright, right turn Matthew's just miscontrolled it slightly Had yes. to go back to it's been a couple of after. those for Charlton sends it right on he's uh, intercepted by Akins as he tempted to find Prattley. it's a shot saved by Amos but uh, should be a finish by Akins and it is well unfortunately it sums up Charlton's
1: opening eight minutes sloppy careless in possession your... Charlton pass it out from the back Prattley. Upwards to Amos, under pressure now from Edwards and he's a conceded possession. It's a chance for power, Chips it over Amos and yes. makes it two. And there's two individual errors that have cost Chowen. And it's two relatively simple goals for Bernabeu, and The difference between the two sides. There's Chowen with a corner, shinny to take. Swings it in. Gilby underneath, he comes back up in the air, Gunter heads back in, Watson with the header, and then Smith has saved for the line, yes. Smith converts to the second attempt, and Cholton responded well, corner comes in, it's a bit of a head tennis, Watson got something on it, Smith with the shot, he's on the line, comes back to Smith who shoots again, then a couple of deflections, but Paul Smith has his first Cholton
2: goal.
1: Powell oh, prepares to take... Passes short to Atkins. Gives it back to Powell. Now Vernon. Vernon chip ball in. is a decent one to Hughes. It's a save. The ball comes down and Braford converts. Oh, I think it's Hughes in the end who converts. A well worth corner routine. Charlton struggling to deal with it. The ball was short. And a chip ball in for Vernon was a good one. Hughes got the initial contact saved by Amos. And the rebound was converted by a combination of Braford and Hughes. I think Hughes is going to take the plaudits. He'll be brought forward to Washington, shooting opportunity. Connor Washington gets onto his right foot, shoots. And saved by the goalkeeper. He taps it back out to Morgan. Chip ball in, looking for Anike. Controls down, Anike with the bicycle. Oh, what a
0: goal! Oh, oh, goal. Oh, what a goal. goal. A finish!
1: Oh, that's Such brilliant! finish! That's absolutely brilliant. Chess it down, bicycle kick,
0: and Chalna back in the game. That is outstanding. Ball into the feet of Akins. Higgins turns, tries to find Werner again. he finds him, tries to get the shot away. Oh, and it's uh, Ricochet back to him and he's finished. Oh, that could have run anywhere, that shot. When it came off and he went straight back to his feet and he finished. Well, you've, you've
1: got to hold your hands Have say, well, play him for, for his determination to get to that ball. From a child perspective, again, is yet another goal that's avoidable. <laughs>
0: for he's not allowed. <laughs> oh, and there was a clash of heads uh, but uh, it's immaterial as Charlton uh, go down 4-2 here at the Pirelli Stadium.
3: It's not the same It's not the same It's not the same
4: You're gonna tell me that I'm right You know you're gonna come back down Find yourself where you are again
2: so, good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. My name is Louis Mendes. This is the Big Match Preview on this week's podcast. We'll be looking back at the horror show up at the Pirelli Stadium against Burton Albion on Tuesday and, of course, ahead to Saturday's massive game uh, with Ipswich Town over at Portman Road. Joining me online to do just that, first up, is uh, Mr. Lewis Cat. Lewis, how are you? Have you recovered from Tuesday yet?
3: Oh, I don't know, mate. I don't know if I'd ever recover from that. It was pretty dire, <laughs> yeah. wasn't it? But, uh, yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad, yeah. Long way to go yet. Bounce back. Yeah, you haven't got PTSD or anything from from that. Well, I don't know, mate. I've probably got way more than that after watching that. But (laughs) what can you do? We we, we were due a bit of a shocker. That's just the Charlton way, isn't it? So uh, hopefully it's out of the way now.
2: Yeah, exactly. Another man who was hiding behind the sofa, watching that horror show on Tuesday evening, Benji Cloak. How you doing, Ben?
4: Hiding behind the sofa. I think I was chucking things at the TV, more like. But uh, (laughs) yeah, just about recovered from uh, Tuesday night.
2: Excellent stuff. Well, it's, uh, let's get back on the horse and look ahead to, to the Ipswich game uh, later on. We'll also talk about the uh, possibility of fans being back at the Valley as soon as next week. We're, we're hoping for the game against Milton Keynes on, on Wednesday evening. So we'll hear uh, about that a little bit later on. We'll hear from Lee Bowyer throughout the show. Uh, and of course, the first thing Lou we're going to hear uh, after we've just heard the goals is we're going to hear his reaction to that game. On Tuesday, the 4-2 defeat against Burton Abbey. and Burton have only won once this season. The last time Burton w- had won was on 19th of September. If you try and put that date into some sort of context, it was the last time that Alex Gilby had played a game. So if you think of how long he was out for, that was the last and only time Burton had won before we played them. So where on earth did that come from on Tuesday? Gifting them two, may, arguably three goals, then the fourth goal we didn't defend too well for either. Um and yeah, every time it looked like we were getting back into it, we just gave away another silly goal. Lewis, It was just one of those evenings that you just didn't see coming from a mile off.
3: No, exactly that. I mean, I, I went into the game naturally very optimistic because you know you look at the table and you you sort of assume that, don't you? You think, oh, today's going to be a game where we can try and gain a bit more ground on the on the top two and probably wrongfully, really, because anything can happen in this division. Um, and Burton sort of historically have had quite a few decent seasons. I remember playing them when we were in League One before and we really struggled there. Um so I don't know what had happened to them this season, but I was expecting us to do a lot better than we did uh on Tuesday night. And I just think maybe we we shape our shape was a bit wrong in the first half. I felt like um our midfield was sort of wasted and, and isolated. Madison wasn't really doing a huge amount out wide. Um I felt like we sort of they isolated the creativity of of uh, Andrew Shinney and and Gilby as well and up, up front as well you know Omar will be very disappointed that he came off but ultimately just wasn't really uh, sort of giving enough and you don't know whether that's just a little bit of fatigue because he'd played um I think he'd played before that you know on the on the weekend so uh, you know it's it's one of them isn't it it's it's a bad day at the office ultimately and those those mistakes that that we made to give those goals are incredibly unnatural uh, for us we don't make a huge amount of mistakes and uh, especially one of them coming from Ben Amos as well who we know has been absolutely outstanding this season um, so you've got to put it down to that really haven't you just a bad day at the office um, and I know that Lee Bowie was incredibly disappointed we'll hear hear that later on but I think that I'm trying not to sort of you know rub the salt in the wound too much I'm trying to get over it as quickly as possible because there's a long long old season isn't it and um our performances up to yesterday uh to tuesday night have been have been incredibly positive so just a little bump in the road uh, and we go again on saturday
2: yeah it certainly was very un- an uncharacteristic performance from us ben i mean we do have to again put it into the context of the season it's our first defeat in nine games okay and, and it was a shocker and it was a very bad performance but you know th- probably in danger of getting carried away but we do have to analyze the mistakes particularly for the first two goals i mean the ball from chris gunter that laid it on a plate for lucas akins for the first one inside the first 10 minutes and then i mean the the, the second was probably what six or seven minutes before half time and you know again just overplaying it at the back and i think i think burton seemed to have our number there they could see that if they pressed us high and put us under a little pressure we weren't as comfortable in possession as we probably should be
4: yeah, exactly what I said to a mate of mine who uh, lives in Burton. He tweeted me straight after the game, and I said, "You boys done a number on us. They they did their homework. They pressed us high. They they probably saw we got two centre backs who don't normally play in that position, and uh, pressing us high caused us to make two big mistakes. We uh, obviously Darren and Chris looked nervy on the ball because it's not their natural position. You look at Chris; he's probably normally at right back, looking down the down the wings to try and play a ball, not receiving it and looking down the middle, looking down the line. And it showed, unfortunately, uh, we looked nervy all over the pitch, as as, uh, you and Lewis said before. It it was an uncharacteristic performance. And I think Bowyer said it after the game, it didn't look like they played together before. It it really was one of those performances where you're pulling your hair out, thinking, come on, what, what are we doing? I mean, there's ways to lose, but gifting them two goals just seem quite comical but there you go we're gonna come up against teams that um are the underdogs like Burton were and think right here we go we're gonna try and uh, do a number on them as we said like tonight and um unfortunately we didn't react well to that after doing uh giving them a goal for the first one we we did exactly the same for the second and we just uh, didn't really recover at the back i think uh, up front we we created enough chances. It's just at the back, we just looked quite shaky, which was obviously very disappointing.
2: Yeah, obviously everyone, everyone uh, brought up the similarities to that game at Scunthorpe a few years ago, where it was a bit back and forth, and you're thinking, well, we could actually go on and get something here, especially when we kept coming back into the game. I mean, that overhead kick from from Chooks and Ek to pull us back to 3-2 and was a spectacular goal. And all of a sudden you think, right, some momentum, but again, we concede so soon after. Um, doesn't help, I guess, that we that we don't have a single centre back who was fit to start. Um, you know, Bo said today to, to Richard Coyle, didn't he, that he doesn't think Jason Pierce or Deji Oshilaja will be fit enough to start Saturday up at Ipswich. So it will, it is looking like it will be the the Gunter and Prattley partnership at centre back. If we remember, they did okay in, in other games there. Um, it's it's just you know, ideally we want some players back as soon as possible. We'll hear about Akin Fameway's uh, road to recovery soon. Um, obviously, uh, in in the first half as well. Big news: uh, a substitution was made within the first half. Not something you see uh, too often, Lewis. But um, Omar Bogle hauled off after 33 minutes uh, for Chucks and Eken. Now, of course, you know Bo really praised Bogle uh, just on Saturday. You know, even after even after the the penalty incident with. Connor washington where he tried to take the ball off him and and in the end obviously washington won that argument but Bo did not see what he wanted to see from from omar on on tuesday evening which is it's going to be interesting to see how he reacts now omar to being substituted early he went straight down the tunnel after going off as did marcus madison actually in the second half as well um it's going to be an interesting few weeks for those two
3: yeah definitely I'm, i don't think either of them can take a huge amount of um glory away from that performance you know but you can't pin it on just those two. There weren't really any uh, impressive performances out there Tuesday night. With Omar, you know, we we've, we've seen over the sort of last few weeks, and and Bose mentioned it quite a few times that he he does do like the dirty stuff. You know, he, he holds the ball up well, he brings others into play, but he wasn't really doing that on on Tuesday. Like he just seemed a little bit sort of out of sorts. And apart from that chance he had in the first half, that was even then was sort of deflected, and the keeper was forced into tipping it over the bar apart from that like you there was no real impact from him and, and obviously at two 0 down you know we've seen before you know Bowie is not not scared to make changes we saw it last year didn't we at qPR when he pulled off Ben purrington in sort of 20 20 30 minutes um so it shows that he he he's not afraid to make the changes if if he doesn't feel that someone's pulling their weight and the same with Marcus you know I mean whether the system suited his style of play because I just felt that he was nowhere, really. Um, I thought I was... You know, I, I did, he didn't do a huge amount of Gillingham, but he still had those really good chances, in the, the free kick and um, and sort of long-range efforts. And, it, and he's starting to show what he's capable of in terms of his delivery and assists. Um, it's sort of getting that sharpness there. So you can see... You can slowly see it coming back in. But uh, on Tuesday night, I mean, he was totally anonymous. And, and really, until he came off uh, and Albi came on, I, I don't really think we looked overly in the game at all um but uh, you know as, as Benji said there like it's just one of those we, it's bad day at the office you just got to put it to bed as soon as possible we've got a massive game Saturday against a side that are, that are up there and want to be up there at the end of the season like we do and I think that as a club we've kind of got a bit of a history of of you know relishing those sort of um encounters um especially if we're looking for an immediate reaction to try and try and get winning again because you know that's a couple of we we've had it, we we've had these you know consecutive wins and you know, the draw at Gillingham and now a defeat to Burton, you, you do want to turn that around as quick as possible. And I think that we'll relish the you know the opportunity to go to Ipswich on Saturday and try and do just that.
2: Excellent stuff. Right, so it was a disappointing evening at the Pirelli Stadium uh, on Tuesday. I caught up with the addicts boss, Lee Bayer uh, afterwards to find out what he made of the game.
5: Poor. Poor. From start to finish. So many people just going through the motions. You can't give, no matter what league, what country, you can't give teams, no matter where they are in the division, a two-goal head start. And the two goals we give away, like just errors, individual errors. I've never seen anything like it.
2: So you mentioned I mean, the, 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 the goals that your side gave away. It's not not a normal thing that you see from a challenge side. What, what do you think the, the sloppiness was down to this evening?
5: I don't know. I don't know. I've never seen it before myself. Um, complacency. Um, sloppiness. Maybe because we was unbeaten in eight, we think we can just turn up to games and, uh, and win. It's not that simple. Football isn't like that. I just reminded them in there, and I've reminded a few of them, like, that ain't acceptable, and that will never be acceptable. Not not playing for me. So, um, yeah. I think we had one of these crazy nights before, didn't we? Was it Scunny two years ago? Like, we just give the, just amazing goals away all the time. I said to Jacko, oh, right when they got their third one, I was like, it just just reminds me of that game that on that Tuesday night. It was just unbelievable. We was it was like we would never like tonight. We it was like we would never played football before. It was it was just crazy. Connor Washington not come on. He could have had a trick. only on twenty minutes. Like it's, he should have had act trick. The game should have been about seven like all. It was just just not a normal game of football. I don't know. I, I, I can't put it down to anything. That's just not like us at all. And the worst thing is, it was like the more senior players that was doing it, It who's been in the game forever. So, it's just one, put it to bed and and just get ready for the weekend, you know. It's just another away game, third away game in bloody, what in a week. We've just got to dust ourselves down. Obviously, we will revisit that (laughs) tonight. Tonight's performance, we will visit that, and uh, but they they won't make their mistakes again. Like they they won't make their mistakes again in in the whole season. So so yeah, but disappointing because we had an opportunity. You know, we're we're in in a good place, and like I said, I'm beating an eight, and then going and do that. That just no, didn't see that coming at all.
2: You made a, a change in, in the first half when you were looking to try and get a reaction or, or something from your side. You took Omar, Bogle off and brought Chucks and Ike on. Um, what, what was your reasoning behind that? Is, that? is Omar struggling with an injury or anything like that? Or was it more of a, a tactical change?
5: It wasn't really tactical because I brought off light for light. There was nothing wrong with Omar apart from he, he, he wasn't doing what I expect him to do as a striker. You see the difference in, in Chucks and Ike from, from, from Omar Bogle. That's what I expect from all my strikers. Omar was doing that and has been doing that, but for some reason today he he was miles off it, and, and I won't have it. Um, so yeah, that's why I done it.
2: I guess obviously if we are going to try and look for some positives, you know, we we did see a a, a bit of spirit there and, and, and an excellent goal from. Chucks and EK I mean, in terms of Chucks starting, is it, it does he feel like he's, he's close enough with his fitness now to, to go for sixty minutes like he did tonight more often?
5: Yeah, but my worries with Chucks is you have to just be careful with him. He's he's very very temperamental. His body is very temperamental, and like we 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 know that we we've obviously learned over the last what, eighteen months, wherever he's been here eight, year year and a half. He's, we've learned that about Chucks, and trust me, I would have started him long before now if if I could. But comes a point where I had to bring him on today to play him for for 60 minutes. I had to. I couldn't keep watching what was happening. We it wasn't it wasn't good. So I've just got to look after Chucks, and and then again he's come off the bench and scored.
1: Shinny, it's a lovely first touch. And Shinny, reverse ball, finds Washington, who's through on goal. Corner, Washington! And Charlton take the lead after 31 minutes. It's a lovely assist from Andrew Shinny. We have to be honest, John haven't really been in the game that much in the opening 31 minutes, but it just took one... Passage of decent play. Percy from Goodson. It's a ball forward. Shinny with the control. It's a lovely control. And the reverse ball to find Washington who kept his composure and fired beyond Eastwood. Charlton Live.
2: There we go then. Welcome back to Charlton Live. The big match preview there. We just heard from Lee Bowyer after the game against uh, Burton Albion on Tuesday. A uh, really disappointed Lee Bowyer. Probably a little bit baffled as to where that came from as well. Some of those mistakes. So the, the, the sort of which we don't make too often. I know we do like to play it around at the back and like I say I do think that Burton sort of picked up on that a little bit and they really hassled us and harried us and, and made us uh, rush our possession which didn't work out uh, too well for us and uh, we paid the consequences for it now I did ask for uh, some opinions to see what some people, uh, what you made of the game out there, Mina said many teams now playing the same way, slowly out from the back without any variation like a dreadful Fulham side, uh, so many defenders cocking up, I'm guessing that this current fad of uh, way of playing It's not sexy to watch. You enjoyed Everton's first half against Fulham. That was sexy. Well, obviously, yeah. Well, if we can we can reach that standard, hopefully we'll uh, we'll make you. Uh, a bit happier. Right, Steve Richards said we didn't deserve anything against Burton Albion. If you give the opposition a two-goal head start, you will struggle at any level. Impact of four injured centre-backs is plain for all to see. Officiating this season has scraped the bottom of the bottomless barrel, though. Ridiculous number of yellow cards. Obviously, we'll need more signings in January to sustain a push for promotion. Guaranteed to beat Ipswich 4-0 now. Yeah, well, sometimes we do react quite well after that, so I'm hoping, hoping that we were right. Tony, Uh, sent a message on uh, Tuesday as well evening gents I can already see the panic On Twitter. I think Tuesday uh, we were poor and there isn't anywhere else to go. Uh, It was bad and we just gifted goals away. Amos has been great this season. One bad game shouldn't wipe people's memories. Let's not get back to what people did with Dylan Phillips. We need to draw a line under the bad game and move on. We had a few blips when we went up two seasons ago, like Scunthorpe away or Rochdale away is probably another one I could add to the mix there. Uh, So let's not panic. I wasn't too concerned about Bogle until tonight. He needs a goal quick. Let's hope it's against his old club on Saturday the faith come on you heads that's from Tony in Elton only around the corner from me Tony thanks for your message Phil said hi guys the only good thing uh, that came out of uh, that was that I've been entered into the drawer for Chris Farnell's Range Rover yeah well having been I-, I traveled in the Range Rover up to the game actually on the- on Tuesday and it's very nice uh, although don't mess around with the-, the preset seat settings in the passenger seat because basically I pressed one of the preset settings just to see what the button did and it turns out it was set up for basically a midget and I was squeezed up against the front and I was stuck there for like 10 minutes we couldn't work out how to get it back so don't do that Um, (laughs) right so individual mistakes uh, passes going astray a lack of intensity you could go on we may get promotion in May uh, but so far this team is way off the 2018-19 side Uh, we had the international break but it appears like they've all been on holiday we have a squad now that most teams in this league would die for hopefully that's a one-off performance Ipswich Saturday will tell us how this squad and Boya can bounce back fingers crossed what do you reckon Ben so Phil said uh, this team is way off the the team that went up two years ago. I'd say it's certainly a different style of team. How how do you think that the two of them compare?
4: Well, I think in hindsight, we might not think so. Uh, but because you look at, well, Christian Bellick's injured now, but you look at him going for 10 million. You look at Joe Aribo, a regular in the Rangers side and playing in the Europa League. Uh, you look at Lyle Taylor playing well in the championship. We kind of look at those players and think, yeah, they've gone on to do well. But again, I think this, this team's a little bit older than the other team as well. But look, who would have said weeks ago, that in, as you said earlier, that in these nine games, we've won six, we've drawn two, we've lost one. It's, it's easy to jump to these things after a bad defeat and a frustrating draw against Gillingham. But before that, we would have said, oh, look, we wouldn't have, ever thought that we would get a team close to how we did to how we got promoted uh, a couple of seasons ago when we had no money uh, well we couldn't spend any money or bring any players in so yeah look we gotta realize that a fundamental part of that game why we lost it on Tuesday was because we didn't have any centre-back playing in that team and that was for me the main reason why we didn't win okay look we're We've missed a few chances as well. But look at the goal from Chucks. He's scoring goals regularly now. If he can keep that up, he can replace what Taylor did for us when we got promoted or where Carlin as well. So let's, instead of trying to liken it to before, let's look at the positives we have got. Okay, as you said, we did have a blip with that Scunthorpe game the season when we got promoted and and the Rochdale game. I was there for that one. I think we lost 1-0 and missed a penalty that day. I think even taylor missed a penalty uncharacteristic for him um but let's try and look for the positives and think okay look this is a different setup this is a last minute setup but there's definitely a lot of positives we can take from this team and don't let a bad result overshadow that i don't think
2: excellent stuff right steve emails in all right chat. so no issues with losing the game it's going to happen sometimes in this league But (laughs) I was so disappointed with the lack of desire out there. Not one player can say uh, they gave anywhere close uh, to 100% on Tuesday. Even when we went two down, there was no reaction, no fight or pride. Madison was the chief culprit. Uh, and is there any coincidence that the performances have dropped since he's started games? If he's not up to the fight, uh, then tear up the contract as he's not wanted in that case. A great mantra is hard work beats talent. That doesn't work hard. Uh, and that explains the results. They wanted it way more than us. So congratulations to Burton. Hopefully both and JJ have got into them when we see a reaction on Saturday. Keep the faith and come a new Reds. Yeah, I mean, that the Madison thing, we haven't really spoken too much about him, Lewis, but he ain't... It ain't really set the world alight just yet. But I think the thing that's more concerning for me is the way I mean it looked like he flounced off basically. He went off the pitch and went down the tunnel.
3: Yeah, I mean, you don't want to see that from players anyway. I mean, especially with a player like Marcus. I mean, he didn't have a club to go to, you know, like we've given him an opportunity here when no one else was really knocking on the door. We know what he can do at this level. We've signed him for a reason because He's got a great record in League One, assists and goals. We know that he can do it, but there have always been question marks over maybe his attitude uh, and and sort of work ethic, etc. And he has to prove himself. I mean, you know, we're we're a fan base that will remember. You know, it's the Charlton mantra almost that we get these players that that give a hundred percent. They might not be the best technically gifted players, but they always give a hundred percent and achieve and. Marcus Madison is is you know he's a, he's a player that we know technically at this level is is you know one of the, probably technically one of the best players in the division when he's firing on all cylinders, but you have to have the attitude to match it to suit the you know a bowyer team uh, and we see that with you know the likes of Darren Prattley when we signed him a few years ago we were thinking he was going to be like a bit part player a bit of experience he went on to be you know paramount in that promotion winning season one of our better players last year when we got relegated and even this season will fill in wherever needed you know regardless of the of, you know the maybe the, the poor performance Tuesday as a team he's one of those players that that gives everything wherever you're asked him to play and, and that's a Charlton player and and Madison has to has to sort of buy into that properly or you know as the as the guy there tweeted you know he's not going to suit what this club's about. But I've got faith that he'll come good. I mean, we know he's good at this level and he, he does have a point to prove because no other club was knocking for him, you know. Arguably, he could be playing in the Championship if he, he got his head right. But I I think given time, he, he'll he get there. But at the moment, I mean, when Albie Morgan came on, he, he completely lifted our whole team. And, you know, that's a one of our youngest players that, you know, a month or so ago, we were, there wasn't even a non-league team in to loan him. You know, look at how he's reacted. That's what, being a Charlton player is all about and Madison could take a leaf out of his book
2: excellent stuff right, I got a message in from Kiwi Valley uh, the other day saying people talk about strengthening in January but how is this possible with the wage cap sell some players in order to buy some is it and if so who so I think I, I by the sounds of it we've got a, to- a bit of movement in our wage cap somewhere like there's there's still a little bit of room uh, but I mean, I imagine if you could loan out some players, or if there is someone, Ben, I don't know if there's someone that you'd like to ship out to make space in the cap. I mean, you probably—is there anyone you think is expendable at this moment? I mean, obviously, well, Marcus Madison, based on the, the first two, but obviously, it's very early days for him yet. But is there anyone you think you'd ship out if it, if it meant getting someone better in?
4: I don't. Ah, uh, you put me on the spot there a bit. I can't. I can't personally think of anyone. At the moment, I know a lot of people again on Bogle's back, which I think is unfair. We let's see if he scores a goal first. Uh, Not really at the moment. I mean, we haven't had enough players fit for enough period of time to kind of give him proper judgment yet. But yeah, I think you have to have a what twenty-five man squad and uh, fill that in. So, oh. I, I couldn't yeah. say. I personally yeah. couldn't knock a position yet. Do you know what I mean? I couldn't say we definitely need someone for that position. I wouldn't say that yet because yeah. look, Chucks is doing well up front. He hasn't had a. He hasn't started a run of games yet because Bo doesn't trust his fitness. So I couldn't say. Look, we miss Alfie Dowie definitely down that side he caused hell down there and i'd love to see smith take more of that role because i think he would prove a bit of that but yeah we missed certain players but i couldn't say i'd, I'd replace anyone yet
2: mm, it just shows how difficult the job will be for lee bowyer uh, and uh, you know thomas sandgaard and steve Gallon when it does come to the january window if they do want to will and deal right let's have a quick break when we come back we'll talk about the fact that in just six days time some of you could be joining us at the valley <laughs>
1: And okay, Marcel gets it. He does ball across goal? Williams, <laughs> Johnny Williams, Johnny Williams scores his first Charlton goal. It's a brilliant, well-worked move from Charles Foss <laughs> Cascade, the ball to the far post and Martin, who did extremely well to get on the end of it. Ball across goal, and there's Williams to score. A man who's in goal-scoring form at the moment. One for Wales last month. His first for Charlton this month. And what a moment! I swear, it's so sad.
0: Charlton
2: Live. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the Big Match Preview. Before we turn our attention to Saturday's trip up to Ipswich Town, uh, we should talk about the fact that uh, after today's announcement that London, the London boroughs, are all in Tier 2 under the coronavirus, uh, new, the new coronavirus rulings, the new tier system. Uh, well, that means that Charlton now are allowed to have, well, as of next Wednesday when when the new deal starts... Uh, up to 2,000 fans inside the stadium. Now, of course, that does, unfortunately, because a lot of our fan base live in Kent, which is in Tier 3, that will make it difficult for them. I believe that means they won't be allowed to go. But it does mean at least that those of you who live in the London boroughs of Bexley or Bromley or or Greenwich or anywhere around here should be able to come to home games, up to 2,000 of you. Now, Of course, we don't know uh, exactly how they'll split the tickets yet. We haven't had confirmation yet uh, as of time of recording uh, that we'll definitely be able to get this sorted in time for Wednesday uh, for the game against Milton Keynes. But I think I think we're hopeful uh, that they will be able to. And anyway, of course, Bayer was asked about that uh, in press day today. How, uh, asked how important it will be that he'll be able to have at least some fans into the game uh, as soon as possible.
5: Long overdue, I think, um, to, to get the fans back in. And I'm sure that we're welcome and we've arms because we've we'll definitely missed them. Football in general is not the same without the fans, and uh, more so as I was, I was more so as, sorry I was um, speaking to someone earlier and, and saying something like a, a big part of us getting promotion two years ago, um, and the fans played a massive part in that. So hopefully now we can start getting them back slowly but surely, and and more and more. But the most important thing is that we've took that step forward now, and, and fans are allowed to get back in.
0: I mean, it's probably an impossible question to answer, but uh, Tuesday's game, it, do you think if um, you know, we were 2-0 down, we'd made some mistakes, but we got back in it with uh, uh, the Smith goal just before half-time, if we'd have had a full away end in what, is, you know, what was a compact ground, um, we'd have probably had two-thirds of the, of the capacity that would have been Charlton fans. And then later on, of course, you have got Chuck's goal gets us back to 3-2. Do you think that, with the crowd behind you, might have been a different different game? Would have lifted the players?
5: Yeah, it would have lifted them for sure. Um, whether we would have won the game, I don't know, because obviously the players, they're in them situations, they're going to be in the same situations, and, and will that help them take the chances? I don't know, because the chances weren't too difficult, were they? That yeah. we had, that was quite clear cut. So, yeah, I think it always helps and, and it always gives gives us, us, as a team, that edge and that push, you know, to, to keep pushing and pushing. and. Uh, so yeah, it, it would have helped for sure, for sure. I have no doubt about that, and and it will help just having two thousand at the Valley on Wednesday. So um, maybe it's a, a good thing now that we're playing on Wednesday because we, at least we can get some fans in. If it had been Tuesday night, we wouldn't have been allowed to have them in. I don't think. So uh, so yeah, most importantly, we're we, we're on the Wednesday now, and and when we get them into the stadium and. Uh, they can make some noise.
2: Well, there we go. Then, so potentially two thousand fans. I feel really bad, Lewis, asking you about this because you're out out there in uh, out there in Kent, so it, you're not on the list. Uh, but I mean, f- for those who will be able to get back, I mean, it's going to make a big difference to the atmosphere, even if you are watching on home uh, on the at the stream on home at, at, as well, at least.
3: Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, from a personal point of view, I'm I'm gutted that. That I'm I'm in the tier I am and I can't I'm not going to be able to go to the games but I'm also you know really happy for you guys that can go because it it makes a hell of a difference I mean I was lucky enough to go to the Doncaster pilot event which I thought the club organised just flawlessly and I felt incredibly safe and and that was sort of when the virus was creeping back up you know and sadly we didn't get to continue that despite all the hard work and preparation um, but it's obviously the number two thousand is um, is more than we had before. It's it's a shame that it's the number it is. I do think that there's a slight argument that you could base it on percentages because some stadiums are a lot larger. But then I, I do also understand that you've got to take into account people travelling to and from you know the valley safely and socially distanced. Um, but I think you know it's a great start and you have to start somewhere. So for the guys uh, you know guys and girls who do get tickets, um, you know relish it, be loud and proud because when, when I went there for that. Pilot event there was only a thousand of us, and the difference in in noise levels was was incredible. And the result that day wasn't great. Thomas wasn't in at the time. Um, you know, this time around we're under new ownership. We've got a great squad. We're we're going well in the league, um, and it's a great time to go back. And uh, hopefully they review my tier very quickly, and I can I can get back in as soon as possible as well. But for everyone that gets a ticket to go, you know, it, I'm really I'm made up for you all because. I think all of us have missed football and live football more than you know, more than we ever imagined. Really, I don't think I'll ever take for granted those like freezing cold like Tuesday night games against Rochdale or something like that, where you can't feel your toes when you get home. But I'll never take that for granted again. So yeah, I'm really happy. I'm, I'm glad that we're starting somewhere. I, I didn't expect it at all either with this tiered system coming into place um, that we they'd even consider letting fans back in. So a small number but a start and yeah it's uh it's a really exciting um well it's a really exciting prospect to actually have fans back in stadiums again so yeah i'm really i'm really made up for people just not myself
2: <laughs> yeah it's it's a tough one as well because i mean obviously we don't know how they're going to dis out the tickets yet or anything ben and whether it's going to go to season ticket holders first and a lot, of course a lot of people didn't buy season tickets at the start of the season because of the virus or because of course of the ownership Situation, so that will make it a lot more difficult. But I mean, obviously, with two thousand in there, and it will only be home fans, I I assume, the same as it was for the Doncaster game. Ben, do you think that will make a difference? Um, Obviously, it didn't against Donny, but do you think it can lift the team to the extent that we hope it may do? I've well, I
4: personally didn't go to the Doncaster game. I haven't bought a season ticket this year. I mean, I'm very much as to what you just said. I've had a season ticket since I was three years old. But this year, because of the ownership, maybe because a bit of thinking we wouldn't get to a game this year. Um, I haven't bought one, so I'm not sure if I'll be able to get to the game. Living in a London borough, I am allowed to. But yeah, I've, I, any anything would help. I think I read for the Doncaster game, the players' reactions were that their hair stood up on the back of their necks because they just relished having fans back in and... I mean, they must get sick of shouting to a teammate of theirs and it echoing round the ground, especially if it's a shout in frustration, or Bowyer must get sick of hearing his own voice going round the ground. So having supporters in, any songs of Lee Bowyer's Red Army, or, yeah, just seeing some fellow fans and smiling, just because we're actually under some decent ownership and we are doing better and we have got our Charlton back. That'll definitely be a buzz and... As Lewis said at the time when they went last time, Thomas wasn't there and we lost the game. But this time we can kind of um, enjoy the game a bit more because, as I said, we've got our charm back. We've got a good side out there to watch. And, um, yeah, hopefully um, all going well. We it, The pilot, well, if it is a pilot game or fans coming back in, is a stepping stone. So fans that cannot, uh, able well, aren't able to attend if they're in... Uh, zones that aren't allowed to attend the game. They look. We. This is a stepping stone to things going forward, and hopefully, we're heading in the right direction. Because I personally didn't think I'd see any football this season. So, anything's uh, anything's good. Let's let's hope we get a good result for it.
2: Yeah, it's incredible, really, Lewis. So you you mentioned about how how you're not going to take it for granted, but this. A year ago, this is something you never could have envisaged. Is it being kept away from the ground for so long. it's is this something that just does not compute at all? So, it's amazing how how used to watching the games in empty stadiums, whether it via the stream or they're working. uh we've probably got to. But it'll be such a nice change to to see people in there. Like, I say, even if you're watching on the stream, just to hear some atmosphere um i have seen stuff in you know other countries where they've had a few thousand fans in and and it will it will make a massive difference in terms in terms of your viewing experience
3: yeah a hundred percent you know we had a couple of weeks ago northern ireland had fans in didn't they for their for the euro playoff and it it does make a huge difference it it's tough sometimes you know watching a stream with with no sort of any any crowd noise or atmosphere in the background i mean we're we're lucky we've got Greg and tell you know with the, with the commentary that it kind of keeps it keeps it exciting because if, if you're watching it sort of as it is it, it is pretty it's pretty difficult sometimes you know when it especially when it's sort of dead silent you can just hear the players shouting and stuff so any you know any fan attendance I mean I went to that Donny game uh, and you know it was it was loud and stuff and you know as we said the performance wasn't really what we wanted at the time but it was a very different side at the time. Um, and it would just make a huge, a huge difference, um, to the players and and Boja as well. You know, he said so many times over the years, like when the valley's rocking and everyone's bouncing and all that. You know, all this stuff. We've been without that for for way too long. So, yeah, it's it's a great move, isn't it? For for football, it's a slow stepping stone, as Benji says, to getting football and and elite sport back to normality when it comes to spectators and hopefully this is uh this is the first step in the right direction. And as we progress over the winter and maybe a vaccine becomes sort of more, you know, heavily produced uh, in the, in the spring, maybe we'll, we'll get back up to a, a more sort of usual capacity just before the end of the season. We might be able to see the end of the season out with, with a packed Valley again, who knows, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that I can go sooner rather than later, but yeah, um... We'll have to see, but either way, for me watching at home, even it's as you say, it's going to make a huge difference having fans there. And um, yeah, for me, it's just more satisfying seeing that uh, you know the the whole the issue with spectators uh, in football stadiums has finally been addressed because there's been so many parliamentary debates where it's been like, well, you can do this inside, but you can't go and watch your football team outdoor socially distance And there's always been that sort of that tug of war between uh, you know the fo- the footballing bodies and the government. So now they're finally. Listened and put the wheels in motion to get you know the slow return of supporters back. It's uh it's a positive step for the sport.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, as as we say, if if Chatton Pro like they, it was proven they could do it safely, um in the in in the game against Doncaster, so you do wonder why it's taken this long if it's something that can be proven to be safe. There's plenty of other stuff that, that you can go out and, and about and do like meet people outside. You know, this isn't that different. I think the, like I say, like like was said earlier, the only real big difference for me is. How people travel to the game, but you know that's that's something that will be, uh, will we'll, that people will will we'll think about, and, and I'm sure they're sure they'll be safe. Right, just before we go to the break, actually, a message from Nathan, but from from all of us really here uh, at Charlton Live. A mention from Mark Wyndham, who's uh, battling uh, illness currently. Um, you know, just to stay strong and and you know focus on getting yourself. Uh, back down the valley again when, when you can as well and hopefully uh, you know, seeing Charlton have a very good season uh, you know keep fighting and stay strong, so that's from, from Nathan but from all of us uh, at Charlton Live as well that's from Mark Wyndham. I hope you, uh, hope you can keep your spirits up, right let's have a quick break when we'll come back we'll start to focus our attention on the game uh, with Ipswich Town Shinny prepares to take, Shinny takes it's a shot, it's a shot.
1: oh great break <laughs> was too strong for Eastwood he dived to his left but it's past him and Shinny who got the assist for the first goal now st- opens his Charlton account with a lovely free kick and Charlton just before half time make it two that you're gonna be
3: okay anyway you know there's no Charlton
2: Live. Right, welcome back, then. This is Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. Now, time to turn our attention uh, to Saturday's trip up to Portman Road. A big one, really. One of the bigger clubs, aren't they, uh, in League One. Ipswich Townsend, fifth in the table. Just two points ahead of us uh, in sixth. We've got a game in hand uh, on them. Uh, but a uh, tough one. It's, it's going to be a strange one. Both sides going into this game on the back of heavy defeats. Uh, Ipswich beating 3-0 at home by Hull City, who do sit on the top of the table. Uh, we, were sat, we were beating on the team at the bottom of the table, although Burton are now 22nd now, so there's no shame in that. Uh, but obviously, both teams looking for a reaction. Uh, Lee Bayer uh, was asked about the game. He's going to look ahead to the game shortly, but also a bit of fitness, uh, a bit of a, a squad update for fitness. Uh, the first thing that uh, Lee Bayer was asked about during press day in this clip uh, today uh, was how Akin Famewo is getting on, on his return to fitness.
5: Yep, he's on course. So he trained with us today. Um, first day with us so he's obviously been outside for maybe a week um, so yeah he, he trained with us today uh, Saturday will be too soon um, to, to, to bring him with us um, but Wednesday we're, we're looking for him to start getting back into the squad on Wednesday I
0: forgot to ask about uh, Ryan Innes and, uh, and the extent of his injury do we know quite how bad it is yet?
5: No, again, he's having scans, but he's got to see specialists and, and, and people like that. So uh, it's going to be a while though, Terry. That's all I say. I don't want to put a, a time on it and put our physios under pressure, not at the moment. Mm-hmm. So uh, once we do get all the, the finalisation, then, we'll, um, then I'll let everyone know. But I don't want to just chuck figures out there when they might change. You know? So uh, yeah. that he's still got to see certain people before we can go down that line.
0: Well, it'll be Ipswich on Saturday, the rearrange game uh, on, on Saturday, and uh, they're fifth in the table, but a uh, place above us. But uh, after a good start, they've had some mixed result as well. So it's almost like two sides are going at it with a little bit of something to uh, to react to, uh, not necessarily something to prove, but something to react to. But can that work in our favour? Obviously, even though they're fifth, they're going to be under a little bit of pressure as well.
5: Yeah, they're under pressure because uh, for one, they're at home. But I think uh, I think I heard that. Uh, Tuesday night was the first time they lost at home all season yeah. so they're obviously a good side at home um, they're a good footballing side I-, I watched their game the other night and even Hull one 3 nil, it wasn't a 3-0 game uh, the scoreline was definitely generous there to Hull um, but yeah they- they're a good side I think the reason why their results have been so up and down so is that they've had quite a few injuries um, I think there was a time when they they had no strikers, uh, but now they're all back. So it's it's going to be a tough game. They're a good side. Um, they're a good side that can help you, more so in the final third. They're, they're very good in the final third.
0: Uh, I mean, I know it's uh, it's an um, it's an obvious thing to say, but you know, this December we got I think it's eight games in five weeks when you include the, the festive schedule. But given, obviously, you're going to rotate. You've said that already, but given the The way we finished on
5: Tuesday, does it have a bearing on what you put out on Saturday? Not really, because each person, you have to look at them as an individual and and what they're capable of. So, um, Albie Morgan, obviously, my plan with him on Tuesday was was to rest him. Uh, So, I had no intention in actually putting him on on on, uh, Tuesday. I just wanted him to rest for Saturday because he'd done really well last Saturday. So, uh, that was the best game I thought he'd played for us. So he'll be coming back into the side. And again, we have to reevaluate tomorrow. We'll see again how some bodies are feeding. Um I've not picked the team fully yet. I've got a good idea, um, but we're just waiting on a couple to see how they're feeding in the morning. And uh, but yeah, some people w- wasn't was disappointed in the other evening. So then naturally everybody thinks, well, they come out, but everyone has off dates. So, um, So, yeah, I won't give too
2: much away. There we go then, Bow. You're looking ahead to the game with Ipswich Town. And uh, well, as we heard at the start there, talking about the fitness of uh, Akin Fainwo and Ryan Innes, obviously our two centre-backs who played so well during that long spell, we went without conceding a goal. Um, then we, we lost uh, Innes, didn't we, to a quad injury last week and he still can't really give us a, a time frame on that one. But we lost Akin Fainwo. Uh I think it was, it was during the game, wasn't it, against Portsmouth? Uh, And and he went off and we survived the last few minutes without him, but he's been out for a while. But yeah, great news that he's back in training today, Benji. Um, Because, I mean, we've missed a pair of them. And you think, well, if you can have at least one of them back, then that will help with the organisation and, of course, the the qualities that they both bring to the game.
4: Yeah, definitely. I think uh, with Fanwo, he was really good at playing the ball from the back. I remember him playing a few good balls either to Bogle or Washington, to hold the ball up. So I think we've missed him more because I think his ball distribution was very good. Of course, with Ryan, he was a danger in both box. He was good at defending it and clearing his lines at the back, but he also caused a lot of problems in the other box with his um, aerial presence from corners. So we've missed that as well. But um, yeah, it's a shame that Ryan, we don't know how long he'll be out because... um, he was turned into a big force for us but yeah having one of them back will definitely help could maybe push uh, Prattley or gunter back to uh, their familiar positions and uh, as we know hopefully jason or uh, deji haven't got long till they're able to start a game uh, especially jason i think having your captain back in a bit of leadership i think we missed that on on tuesday night we missed organization there are a lot of players that were I think we just all were a lot spread out, we weren't uh, in our right, correct positions with our lines and yeah having a big leader at the back who's played numerous games at that position and as our captain, it'll be great to have Jason back and um, and yeah Fanwo's a young player so um, having Jason alongside him can only be good and help coach him so hopefully yeah not not too long to see them back but yeah, we also got young Charlie Barker as well there, so I don't know if Bo will be after Tuesday's game, maybe look to bring him in, I'm not sure after today he said he'll probably stick with Gunter and Prattley. so we might have to play a different way, but yeah, if we get Fanwo or Pierce back in, it'll be good just to just to get some normality back in that defence.
2: I mean that is a debate then to be had that Benji's brought it up there Lewis I mean Charlie Barker he has played games at the start of this season we have to remember he's 17 years old and he realistically you just shouldn't be near the first team at that age you need to go through and learn the game through the 23s and then get out on loan but at the same time could he possibly be any worse than what we saw on on Tuesday? And am I getting carried away? Because I did say that Gunter and Prattley have had good games at centre back. Now, are, are we all getting carried away, or or should Charlie Barker be chucked in and made captain? Which way should we go?
3: <laughs> I think I I agree with you really with the with the Charlie Barker. Set. I think that you know he was in the squad really because we we didn't have an awful lot of options at the start of the season. Saying that he did himself no you know no harm. At- all. he he was fantastic and he had the the game at donny ri scored the own goal but that didn't even that really didn't take a huge amount of confidence out of out of him and he's you know, he's a great young player but we've got to protect those players and and chucking him in um now that we do have the options i mean i know they're injured at the moment but you know Deji and piercy can't be too far off and and gunter and um uh dazza Pratley, uh, you know they're both experienced pros. They didn't have the best game on Tuesday, but they have done it there before. You know, Chris Gunter played centre-half against um, against Pompey when Innes was suspended, and we got a clean sheet there. I mean, of course, he had Fanwell alongside it, but he still had a decent game. Um, so I think I'd, I would stick with it for now. Um, we haven't really got a huge amount of choice. I mean, that's not to say that if Barker was in there, I'd, I'd think he was out of his depth because I think he's a fantastic young prospect. But, you know, at the start of the season, he was in and around it because we didn't really have anybody else. Now we have got those options. Maybe it, he can sort of get those minutes, um, you know, at, at under, under 23, level, level, um, or, you know, even under 18 where he, he can kind of, you know, go naturally with his development rather than being sort of fast tracked into the first team, because we haven't got anybody and, you know, either burning out or having a, having a real tough game against one of the top sides and, and having all the confidence knocked out of his sails. So, I think I'd stick with it as it is for now. I mean the sooner that um that Akin Fanwo and, and Ryan are back, the better. Same with Piercy. I think Benji hit the nail on the head with Piercy. Like we missed that, you know, that leadership from him. I thought he was one of our better players um post lockdown, uh, in the championship. And we do miss him big time. And the same with Deji. I mean, Deji hasn't hasn't set the world alight with his performances for Charlton, but he's also had some solid displays and and again, he's quite versatile and fits in at right back or, or in the middle as well. So the options are there just typically they're all injured at the same time, but hopefully Piercy and and Dej aren't too far away. And then I imagine, you know, Akin will follow and sadly we don't really know a huge amount about Ryan and that's a shame too, because he's someone that came in and we were all a little bit cautious because of a reputation and he's come in and, you know, proved everybody wrong. He's been absolutely fantastic. So I'm, hoping that we'll get him back as soon as possible as well
2: yeah i mean let's uh let's focus on Ipswich town a little bit then and this is one of those ones where you can really play around with the stats well they've only won one in their last three league games or you could say oh they've won three of the last five league games so uh on on a bit of a a mixed bag of form i mean if you look at the last few games in all competitions but that does include taking into account a, a football league trophy game uh they've lost three of the last five and only won one of the last five Uh, including the FA Cup defeat against Portsmouth, which is the reason we're able to play them on Saturday because obviously this is FA Cup second round uh, weekend and we managed to get out of it. Um, But uh, they've had their injury problems this season by the sounds of it, Ben. Um, it's It's always very interesting to try and gauge how other teams' fans feel about their side, but you can't really be shocked that Ipswich fans are grumbling because they've been down there for a couple of years now. They've not really hit the heights of of what an Ipswich side would expect to in this league. I mean, don't forget they're in the Championship for so long. Was will about 15, 16, 17 seasons in a row they're in the Championship. So, for all of a sudden to find themselves in League One and struggling a bit, um, you can understand why their fans aren't too happy.
4: Yeah, I'll tell you one person who is happy, probably Mick McCarthy. He got hounded out <laughs> at that club, didn't he? And they were, the fans were like annoyed it's, that uh, they...
2: it been proven right now, isn't it?
4: yeah i think (laughs) i remember uh, hearing an interview with him about that when they got relegated and he said well there's the job i was doing i was doing the job with my hands tied uh, with a restricted budget and he was keeping them in the championship every year but yeah you look at their team i think there's a couple of standout players judge freddie sears norwood a few good players in there that we've got to be careful of but obviously we've got our own Uh, But, yeah, I think last year they went through a very similar stage where they started the season well and then they faded away. So whether their supporters are going to start getting on Lambert's back because they saw it last year and they don't want the same to happen again, we'll see. And, look, we should be fired up for that. Maybe Boa should um, enforce that into our team to say, look, their fans are starting to get on their manager's back. We, um, We get an early goal. They might feel that, obviously no supporters there, but I'm sure the players are feeling it a bit because that was a bit of a thump in midweek for them, winning it, against Hull, especially. They'd look at that as a um, promotion uh, rival and they'll look at us the same, the way we started the season. So, yeah, it's obviously a great time for us to bounce back against the side that we're, we're at the moment we're battling it out with them to finish in the top six, so... Um, It'll be an interesting game. Let's hope we can start early and put them on the back foot because unfortunately that's what Burton did to us. So hopefully we can turn the tables and and look, they got thumped in midweek. We score elite well, we kind of got a little bit of a thumping, but we scored two goals in that. Smith getting his first goal. Chuck's getting his first uh not his first, but Chuck's getting another goal. So we got some Bit of confidence to take from Tuesday night, so hopefully we can uh, use that to our advantage.
2: Yeah, especially I mean, it's, it's always important the way you react to these to these shock defeats. I mean, I'm looking at the the season we lost five three to Scunthorpe, we then actually went on to lose at home to Coventry the next game anyway. Uh, but we followed up the, the 1-0 loss at Rochdale, which was very disappointing with a 2-0 win at Doncaster. You know, we, we, you know come back from these poor performances. I remember a, a really disappointing 2-1 defeat at Blackpool uh, in that same season, whereas the next game we went on uh, to win 2-1 down at Portsmouth, which was viewed as a massive result at the time. So it is about how you bounce back. And, and for some individuals as well, Lewis, it's going to be about how they bounce back. And, I mean, Lee's going to have a big decision because it's difficult to know whether we can play Chucks from the start Lee's always very careful about that so I mean surely is he gonna risk is he is he gonna play Bogle again and if he does I mean he's really gonna have to go some to prove himself on Saturday but I think after that you, you can't see him playing can you can you
3: I I personally know um but I also think I can't see him starting Chucks um I just I just think like he's come out quite a few times isn't he and Chucks is impressed in every performance I've seen in this season and He's always questioned uh, at the end, Bo, about like, oh, you know, could we maybe be starting him? When we see it on Twitter, like, should Chuck should be starting over Bogle? But, but Lee comes out constantly and just says that you know he's he, he's quite unpredictable when it comes to his to his body and his fitness, and with him performing quite well at the moment, you know, he had an injury ravaged season for us last year. It didn't really get you know it didn't really hit the ground running. Bose has come out many a time and said that if if his you know his fitness was better and he wasn't didn't pick up these little annoying injuries, he wouldn't be playing in League One, he'd be nowhere near League One. You know, he'd be he'd be a, a constant starter at a championship side. So, I mean he's making these impacts off the bench where he's probably got, you know, enough in the tank to make a real impact. I think maybe Connor Washington would start maybe alongside Smith, or maybe you'd go go for a three and have, have you know maybe Madison or Johnny either side, something like that. It depends really away from home how they want to line up. But I'd like to think we'd go back to a diamond because I think the diamond suits us and we we just seem a little bit more creative and we get the best out of our midfielders in that diamond. And I think Albie has to start too. You know, Albie came on on Tuesday and it's, I feel like his performances this season have been absolutely outstanding. And and to hear Boya you know complimenting him now as well because we, we've we always had the running joke that it just seems like he he seems to just like not like him but i don't think that's the case i think he just sees himself in Alby. then it's the frustration when he maybe does the things that he he wouldn't do as a player but now he's getting in the box you know he's doing the dirty work defensively he's doing everything and he got a great assist well he put a good ball in for chucks on tuesday night and he's impressed me completely so i'd like to see him come in maybe for madison uh, Washington I'd like to see come in for Bogle well, I'd stick with Smith because I think Smith brings something, you know, that pace and, and can get in either side of, of defender and, and play a ball into someone like Washington, Chucks or Omar so, I mean, it, it depends doesn't it? I mean, the immediate reaction from Bogle might be, you know, start him, stick him in there and see what he can do but at the same time if if he does get stuck in there from the start and doesn't perform it makes the job even harder to bounce back going forward so maybe you take him out of the spotlight a little bit and, and stick Washington in there or, or maybe even Chucks and just get sixty minutes out of Chucks and take him off. But I just feel like the impact from from Chucks is, you know, going on like those tire you know, tiring defenders a little bit later on in the game. He's just unplayable. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see how Bo lines up. But I wouldn't be surprised if, if Omar was on the bench and maybe we saw Washington start in front of him
2: right well it's going to be a fascinating game uh, at portman road on saturday then so let's have a very quickly your predictions then please benji first of all how do you see it going
4: i'm gonna go two one
2: charlton i'll take that lewis
3: i'm gonna go uh i want to go one nil charlton i think we're gonna go full circle get a clean sheet
2: Nice, that'll be the lovely way to uh, round off the week after uh, that horror show on uh, Tuesday evening. Right, we've run out of time on this week's Big Match Preview. Thanks to all of you who've joined us uh, and listened all the way to the end. Thanks to those of you who emailed in as well. Thank you to Benji and to Lewis for joining us here. Cheers, mate. Thanks very much. Good to have you both. I've been Louis Menace. Thank you then for listening. We'll be back here on Sunday to look back at whatever happens. Hopefully three points for them, Charlton boys. We'll see you later. <laughs> p p p